I've hit these like lows, but it but when you surrender and you go all in, yeah. Eventually something incredibly magical happens that like wouldn't come in any other way. And I've always eventually been taken care of and I've gotten burnt out and I've had to take breaks and I've had to leave Bali and I've had challenges here, really big challenges. Yeah. And I just didn't ever give up because it's, I just love it too much. I love the interactions. I love the kids, the, you know, I love the story. I love everything about it. And no matter how hard it gets, you know, those hard times pass and just have to keep pushing through and, and have a strong enough reason why. Why are you doing what you're doing? Welcome to Slaying the Dream. That was John Kim, the CEO and founder of Coco Lato, which is an amazing ice cream, coconut-based ice cream store that's based in Bali. Um, And the flavors are so delicious. And yeah, I'm your host, Katie Marks. And thank you so much for listening. Uh, So we've got uh, just under a full hour of an interview that I did with John. And he is such an amazing storyteller. I'm so glad that I get to get this out to you um, because he, him and his story was far beyond what I had expected. He was, I, I just feel very impressed with uh, being able to share this with you. So I'm glad that you're listening. Uh, so John is one of those brave individuals who decided to pack up his life and change basically everything uh, and I don't know, throw caution to the wind and see where it was going to take him. And then he's ended up in Bali creating this amazing project, uh, which is working with the community as well. And it's very inspiring, especially for people that feel a little bit trapped in their lives uh, and unable to take the plunge or maybe a little bit scared of the unknown, uh, which, you know, I'm sure we all are to some degree. I definitely find I, um, yeah, I've taken a lot of changes in the past year And I still want to keep going further and further and seeing, you know, I don't want to hold myself back. Um, And I feel like there's a lot of people out there that would really benefit from hearing a beautiful story like John's uh, because it is super inspiring and it makes you question exactly, well, what am I doing with myself and my purpose? Cool. So uh, I'll let you get on with listening. I thought I'd just quickly add, if you've been watching me on Instagram, I've been away for a while uh, in Bali, obviously, and in Java, and then in Burning Seed, which is our Australian version of Burning Man, which was so amazing uh, and really beautiful for me to go because I almost didn't. Um, There was something holding me back, but I decided to take a risk and see if I'd enjoy it. And I had a really good time. So I have a lot of content to edit and get out to you, which is exciting. And I'm also writing an ebook at the moment. So hopefully that'll be out in a few weeks. Um, It's all about unleashing your creative potential. So hopefully there's people out there that are thinking about the path that they'd like to take in the future and how they can best express themselves. Okay, uh, don't forget to head to slayingthedream.com to sign up for the mailing list as well as go to damedglitter.com if you want to get 20% off any of your party glitter needs. There's also biodegradable glitter and beautiful coffee-based body scrubs uh, which are delicious and very good for your skin. So just head to damedglitter.com and use the code word SLAY for 20% off. Okay, well I hope you enjoy. Feel free to contact me or leave any comments. Um, 
I'd love to hear from you, especially about any insights that you have or any questions you'd like me to ask people in the future. Okay, big love. Bye. Thank you for meeting me in beautiful Chengdu. And you've just moved here. And I've only ever spent a couple of days here, so there's so much more. It's such a great place to see. I'm glad that you're giving yourself an opportunity to come through and feel out the vibe a little bit. This is, like I said, we're on like the Echo Beach side right now. And uh, it's a vibe, right? It's a mm. cool beach town. I was saying uh, a few weeks ago when I was here first that it feels like Melbourne. This is this is Melbourne oh, really? on the beach. Yeah. yeah, I only had a chance to visit Melbourne once, but I definitely enjoyed Oh, you, you got to. You got to go visit. Yeah. So, yeah, tell me about the journey that got you here Sweet. in the first place. Yeah, isn't this coffee great? <laughs> um, all right. So the journey, the journey to Bali. Well, after I graduated from my university, I joined my family business and they had just launched a school with Tony Robbins to train people to become life coaches. So the company was called Robbins Madonna's Training and I went into there and I developed their sales system. I became an admissions counselor. I started following in those footsteps to provide you know, beautiful insight to people, mainly coaches, because that's who I was mostly in contact with, but people who are going after their dreams. And all yeah. these people they're talking to me, their dream was be, to be a coach to help other people. And after a little bit of a year of, of this kind of work, I came to the realization that I loved helping people, but my dream wasn't to be, uh, to help people become a coach to help other people. Like that specific day-to-day -day function wasn't fitting my blueprint for my reality or what I was expecting that way. So went to the cliffs in Santa Barbara and I sat down and began to meditate and I saw some dolphins jumping in the water. And immediately I felt jealous. And because I was sitting in a state of silence, I was able to sit with that jealousy and be kind of shocked by it. Like, did I really get je jealous of dolphins? Like, is that even possible? <laughs> what is wrong with me? So I sat for a while, you know, half an hour, and I was asking, you know, what's, what's going on? Why? Why am I not content? Mm. And I heard this voice come in that was that like you know, powerful voice that just said, you're not free. And I responded to the voice. You know, in my own head, I was like, yeah, I am. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I am free. And the voice was like, prove it. And I guess the dolphins were just a symbol of freedom and love and that, you know, within a couple hours, they could be in Mexico. Like, there there I was sitting on a cliff like stuck in this day-to-day -day routine and my family was kind of pressuring me to you know I just got a brand new car and now I should save up to get a condo and you know these are the steps that you take and and when when I had that calling that challenge from my own you know source within an hour I put in my 30-day notice and bought a one-way ticket to Southeast Asia no way yeah <laughs> And my family thought I was crazy. Oh, yeah. They were like, you know, my aunt and uncle were at least like, you know, we get we get that you want to travel and that you have these goals. Like, that's amazing. But this is, these are the steps that you should take. You should save up for six months. And you know, I had $2,000 to my name at the time. And I just said, nope, nope, mm. I'm leaving now. I, I have, like, I have to go. And so I started to travel. 
And because I'd built such a successful, you know, business in the last year and a half, I was also a little bit, you know, cocky, and a little bit arrogant. Oh, well, if I can build, if I can personally be responsible for over a million in sales, then I can do anything, you know, and, yeah. you know, maybe not getting, giving enough credit to, you know. The natural forces the, of what's coming. You know, well, what, what, what I had stepped into, how it was such a great opportunity, but obviously I had this calling. And so I traveled through Taiwan first and then I got to Singapore and I was thinking about, oh, maybe I can find some work here because there are so many opportunities, but I realized that that location did not fit my vibe either. Then my family said, hey, you should go to Bali, you know, check it out. And I got to Bali and within a couple of weeks, I made the most incredible group of friends in Ubud that I was just, so taken aback by I was I was just in so much gratitude this group of people came together and they were all so open and like-minded and free and loving and would you know not do any drugs or alcohol but dance and cuddle and be wild in their own way without it and I just was having a blast and so you know I spent some time traveling around the island making friends and then went on a little trip outside of Bali for a couple of months with a friend who was visiting me and then kind of came running back to Bali like I don't want to be anywhere else like this is where I want to be these are the people I want to be with and and within just a month of being back I made some vegan ice cream with one of my friends Alex Malinsky who's uh, the founder of uh, uh, Windy City Organics in Chicago at the time I didn't even know that he was founder of a big food company and we were just playing around in the kitchen and and (laughs) made some ice cream together and everyone at the party freaked out they were like this is this is insane this is the best like vegan ice cream we've ever had what did you do and we're like oh this is our first time ever making it like it's just you know you just take the ingredients from the island there's coconut sugar there's coconut meat you know like here's some chocolate everything's from here and they're like no 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 you you don't get it like this is the best we've ever had you did and, something. <laughs> and so one of the girls from the party who I'd known for now a couple of months, a few months, she's like, John, let's go on a walk. Let's take a walk together. And she said, you know, a few uh, a few years back I was in a car accident and I was given some money for the accident. And I don't have a lot left, but what I do have, I want to invest in, into this becoming a business. I believe in you. I want you to stay in Bali. I know you have to leave soon because you're out of money. You know, do you want to stay here and, and see what you can do? Try to turn this ice cream business into uh, into something real, um, you know, instead of just out of this kitchen. So bought an ice cream machine, sent out 300 samples to a TEDx event. And at that event, people uh, tasted it. Some of the people there were restaurant owners and started ordering for me. And it just kind of slowly started to snowball from there and just grow bigger and bigger. And it's been a it's been a roller coaster. You know, I've been taken advantage of by so many different kinds of people in so many different scenarios from landlords to visa agents to, you know, to, uh, you know, just like everything that can go wrong has gone wrong, you know. And being lied to a lot and just having to constantly figure things out the hard way and not being the only one, you know, I've gone to people who had businesses here for years and, and, you know, 
tried to receive advice from them, but everyone had everyone had a different perspective, a different way of doing things, and and one of the biggest challenges about making a business in Indonesia is is just well, all the upfront fees you have to pay. Like for rent here, you have to pay a minimum of a year in advance. There's no like first and last month kind of situation. A year in advance, you know, for a, to own a completely like to have a business license that's completely foreign owned is thousands of dollars. You know? Yeah. And so when I was at a startup of just a just a few thousand to my name, and and this industry that I'm in, the ice cream industry, is very investment heavy too you have mm. to you know the, the freezers it's specialized equipment for serving for keeping it for transportation everything is very specialized yeah so it's kind of investment heavy so i so it's been a very gradual slow rising but in the process the brand became very well known yeah. around the world and so did just the story of like leaving everything putting everything in storage taking a leap of faith and and then things just kind of magically working and now we're at a pivotal point in the business where um you know i've brought in balinese and western partner and they're ready to make some investments and we're putting together a partnership agreement and now everything can really take all the proper turns in terms of funding and and uh, legal arrangements and everything that you know i wish i had from the beginning now mm. five years later is getting cemented into place and that's really exciting. Yeah, to see everything evolve. We had to build a strong foundation. I ended up actually building my own kitchen out here. Um, the Balinese partner that I brought in a couple of years back before we even had an agreement written out, turned his garage, brought in a construction crew and turned it into a real commercial kitchen. And, wow. And in, in this country, you're able to get permits for that kind of thing. So it's pretty cool how you can be a little bit more flexible, definitely more flexible than the United States. Mm. So, despite all the challenges, um, you know, it's it's a lifestyle that people are going for. That's why they move out here, you know. And people who come here with a specific agenda, you know, they they always get taken on a wild ride because the island and the culture has a routine of its own, mm. and you have to kind of come in and respect it and yeah. live with it and live like them. You know, their your employees here. Are going to need a lot of days off for different ceremonies constantly you know there's there's a lot of uh kind of rules that are different from there's like village rules there's there's codes of conduct that i'm still gonna always probably always be learning i'm always going to be a student here it's understanding the culture and how to be a proper community member and how and, to adapt uh, yeah yeah but the thing is that it's it's a raw coconut cream based ice cream and we make everything from scratch and the coconut sugar. It makes it low glycemic, vegan, gluten-free, all the buzzwords, everything that make you feel good and people feel great after eating it. And yeah. so when you have a product that's great, like if you can just keep your head in the game, just not give up. And no matter what, just not give up. And I even thought about giving up at times. That's when I really brought in my Balinese partner because I was like, I can't do this anymore. Mm. You know, it's so challenging. and. When I had that thought, there were strangers coming up to me, like the universe was sending people to say, you can't close this. This is Keep the going. best thing I've ever had. This is so amazing. Like, I haven't been able to eat ice cream and like, you know, this is, this is the best. Like, you know, this makes me so happy. And I think for people out there who are wanting to 
kind of, you know, transition into turning a passion into a dream or discovering what a passion might be, I feel like one of the best ways to, to explore is just to practice random acts of service. Mm. Because you'll never know what is going to become a passion. A lot of things have the ability to, to become a passion because, because a lot of work involves relationships. And you can use any kind of business to develop many relationships and to have fun like that. And, you know, so... So the big question is like, you know, what what do people want from you? I didn't think I'd start an ice cream business. <laughs> Ask me ten years ago if I'd be an ice cream man, let alone like an ice cream man in Bali. I would have laughed. Yeah. Like an ice cream man? Are you kidding me? Like I have a degree in business, I have a degree in art, like an ice cream man. No. But everyone said, yeah, all the other stuff you do is cool, but can you make us more ice cream? <sighs> you know, and so. I listened, like, okay, it's not about, like, a business isn't about you. You know, so many people are like, make your business, like, fit around your lifestyle. It's like, well, why don't, why don't you make your business fit around other people mm. and see what value you can bring to the world? And then I think the more people, like, people will tell you, yes, like, can you do this? Can you do this for me? Can you do this for me? Like, go with your nature. Go with what you're good at. Go with the random blessing of everyone likes when I do this maybe it could be a business well if everyone likes it yeah yeah people get so stuck on the idea that you know it has to be like we have to do what we love and what we want and then we're trying to sell the world our idea instead of listening what the world wants us you know mm. to, to give to them yeah. and responding it's interesting that you say that because I had a conversation uh, with someone in a board about you know moving over here um, and we were talking about offerings and Bali is all about you know, there's a daily multiple times a day offerings yeah. um, and speaking about the concept of well what do you bring to the island what are you offering to the people here it sounds mm. exactly like you're mm. what you're saying is you know also about using all these ingredients that are from the nature in this place I mean, you don't need to go necessarily outside of here yeah. using what you have here to offer a service and a passion or something that you're really good at to totally. other people around here. And when operating in a foreign country, not trying to make it this whole like Western operation. Mm. Like I had all of these Balinese employees telling me they wanted to quit their job and work for me. Would I hire them? And that was scary at a time too. Cause I was like, no, like I'm friends with all of your bosses. Like this would look really bad. Yeah. But the reason is because I jumped in the culture and I said, okay, you guys need all this time off for ceremonies. Let's do it. But that means we have to make up for it where we are not going to be on the same schedule as other businesses, this is going to be like a work hard, play hard situation. Like if you guys need your time, I want to respect that, but that means you have to show up. And if it won't work, then we're not going to be able to do it. You yeah. know? So they really liked it. And I even had like in my like kitchen, I had like a bed, you know, that where they could take naps at lunch and stuff. Like, you know, I just tried to be okay with everything. <laughs> yeah. Like accommodate the environment. You're yeah. In. Yeah. And, and the offerings thing is so beautiful. Bali is, uh, it's the religion is technically they say Hindu Dharma, which is like Buddhism and Hinduism, and it's also animistic. And the major quality of an animistic culture is that they believe that spirit 
is in everything. Everything is has spirit. Mm. And so if you take a moment to think about everything being spirit, then there's a lot to be grateful for. Mm. And one of the big draws for people around the world to Bali is that there's people here are so grateful. They're putting out offerings to spirits constantly. They're constantly in communication with the spirit world. Thank you to the water. Thank you to the flowers. You know, they're coconuts actually, they are like every ceremony um, includes coconuts here. And the coconuts become a like a vessel, like a vehicle for the priests to give their blessings to the world. They, they offer the coconut and the coconut is this symbol of of the offering of of our hearts and our and our and our you know our hearts and our minds and our energy. you know our energy to the world and they get put into the coconuts to give to the spirits and the coconuts can only be used once but they're charged with good energy right yeah so in my business we actually take these blessed coconuts that are actually meant to be eaten and we we use those to make ice cream oh really so we're using coconuts that have been blessed by high priests oh, in Bali wow. to make so we're we're like really kind of going the extra mile to like to make bring in the good vibe and the symbolism and just like to work with the locals to to you know well that's it i mean that, you know what what you were saying about everything is energy that includes everything that you choose to put in your body as mm-hmm. well not only what you surround yourself in but how you feed your own your own vessel and when you're feeding your own vessel with qualities that have been blessed that people have put the energy in of gratitude mm. that can only be a good thing <laughs> mm. yeah. instead of the, the mass produced stuff that has got all these preservatives and you know things that people aren't really putting the energy or their mind into what they're creating but yeah oh, yeah i love this story it's yeah beautiful and, and bali you know before the 80s they didn't have plastic here they didn't have pesticides you know Western culture has brought this over mm. and it's become catastrophe. You yeah. Know, because here, you know, for thousands of years, all of their things they would wrap food in were like banana leaves and things that would easily dispose and not only dispose, but would actually feed the earth. Yeah. And so one of the biggest challenges in Bali today is, is the use of plastic and, and the way that commercialization has contributed to environmental challenges. And it's happening everywhere, but it's really easy to see it on a small island. There's no hiding it here. Yeah. And, and the and the locals are uh, don't know that they don't. There's not an awareness that the plastic won't that the plastic's going to cause harm when it's burned or when it's put into the earth. So so now it's up to all of you know 15 million tourists a year to be more conscious of of their impact on Bali too. Yeah. Until until measures are taken at it you know, governmental level. We can't wait for that though, you know. It's funny that you say that because I had a conversation with someone the other day about um, they're working with a woman who's working on a documentary that's been created by a band here. I'm not sure of the band's name, but apparently they're really well known and it's about plastic in Bali. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were talking about what, what, you know, the different levels that change has to happen in order for things to turn around here. Yeah. Um, but I feel like... I don't know, I feel like I'm starting to see that in a sense turn around from the first time I came to Bali to this time. There's a lot, there seems to be a little bit more acknowledgement of, um, you know, the not using straws. Yeah. 
for example, Definitely. one thing. Um, so hopefully, I don't know, do you feel like at some point things are going to turn around here? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's cutting, it's it's changing what products are made available. It's outlawing styrofoam. Mm. It's, it's, you know, we're definitely, you know, the, we're in a, we're in a pendulum swing of, of awareness rising, you know? Mm. And so I, I really hope for it. And we're, I'm in the process of developing programs for Balinese children to be rewarded with ice cream for free in exchange for helping protect the environment and taking moves to um, implement recycling programs in their local villages. Oh, wow. Uh, so there's, you know, there's going to be when enough people come together and, and bring awareness to it, yeah, yeah, yeah. we can do change. it. Can I guess people just need to see what the potential, if it continues to get worse, what, what could happen, or like the ramifications of if plastic was to continue, the use of plastic was to just never stop, yeah, what would, you know, what would happen. Yeah. yeah. So at any point did you, were you scared that this wasn't going to work out for you? Well, okay, so for example, like of challenges, you know, at one point I, I had to pay for my rent a year in advance for a kitchen. And that literally left me with nothing. I used every last cent. And that night I was at a bar with a friend and I said, you know, I don't have anywhere to sleep tonight. I'm, I'm going to start sleeping in my kitchen. <laughs> and... You know, at the time, like, he was like, I'm not, what? Like, no, what you're doing is amazing. Like, for, you know, you're, you're changing the impact of, of, you know, this, this project has a huge impact on the environment. If we stop using cow's milk to make our favorite frozen desserts, and if we, you know, and supporting locals, no, I won't let it happen. And he arranged for me to get a room at a five-star resort for free, and I ended up what? working with them and staying there for a month. And yeah, like I've I've hit these like lows, but it but when you surrender, and you go all in, yeah, eventually something incredibly magical happens that like wouldn't come in any other way and I've always eventually been taken care of and I've gotten burnt out and I've had to take breaks and I've had to leave Bali and I've had challenges here really big challenges yeah. and I just didn't ever give up because it's I just love it too much. I love the interactions. I love the kids, the, you know, I love the story. I love everything about it. And no matter how hard it gets, you know, those hard times pass. You just have to keep pushing through and, and have a strong enough reason why. Why are you doing what you're doing? What is, and so I had the why. I had the, like, well, I want to have, I know what the impact of, dairy farming is on the world and, and meat and and I know that ice cream consumption is huge it's a huge contribution so I'm like wow I'm making a product that can actually have a huge shift on the environment if people transition mm. you know and 
so that gave me some fuel of why. And then, you know, I, I'm lactose intolerant. And for me, it was like, I was like, yeah, one for the homies. Like, <laughs> like for all of us who couldn't have milk growing up. Now we got Cocolato. Like, yeah. But the people, you know, there's always so many affirmations from people. Oh, this is amazing. You have to keep doing it. And, you know, I, I think when you when you get burnt out, like you're focusing on yourself. You know, and as soon as you stop placing so much focus on yourself and look at like, who you're in service to and what you're in service to, you can find the energy to continue. And if your project isn't in service to anyone, then yeah, maybe you should reconsider. Because that's, that's the transition times we're going into. Where, like, we need to support each other um, and you know the welfare of the planet, the mm. people within it, and animals like all of our products now for people in product development you know they're it's not just a trend like we're in a new direction and we have to find out how to transition and be in service and and the the money will come yeah trusting in the process trust in the process and a lot of people you know they expect so much in such a small amount of time like like we we way overestimate what we can do in a year and completely underestimate what we can do in five and 10 and 20. A lot of companies that we've grown so familiar with that we don't even take into consideration really that some of these, a lot of these big companies have been around for decades or sometimes over a hundred years. That's how they're, that's how they've developed such strong structures and systems like they didn't do it in a year or five years. Like, they had to figure it out. They're pioneers. And a lot of us right now that are going to go into to products that have a positive impact, we're pioneers. So, so expected to take time. And with that allowance, when you allow yourself to not have everything, everything perfect for five years or ten years, that, there's a sense of peace that comes with that. Yeah, and um, and when people see how passionate you are, they'll buy your passion more than they'll even buy your product. You know, so you'll find help. People will help along the way. Like I have a friend in, in LA, a, a lawyer who's been helping me since day one. He's never taken any money from me. He could have billed me thousands of dollars by now, but he he gets it. He gets that this is just the beginning, and that like he's there for me and. And there's been a few people in my life um, that have contributed financially or their energy and um, in such great ways, even emotionally to support me, like such gifts though, such major gifts. And if you're doing something that you're passionate about, those people will come for you. And if you don't think you have those people in your life, then when you transition into a space of operating from passion, new people will come into your life. Yeah, new sounds people. like sounds like you found a beautiful community here, but also just in your life. Yeah, it's, yeah. And I think probably because you are giving so much, and you are very uh, in the short time I've known you now, but you're very open to expressing yourself, and I think that openness and that vulnerability as well allows for people to want to step in and, and be there to boost you up you know and to have your back 
yeah. during the hot times. Yeah, we have to be fearless with our love, you know? Hot. <laughs> fearless with your love, because fear, I think most people's fears are around, only come when they focus on themselves. Mm. Not everyone's, but a lot of fear is based on focusing on yourself. And if, and if, the, if you have a better quality question, if, if your focus goes on to a question about how can I better serve others, there isn't room for fear in that kind of question. You know, mm. and like, and when it comes to like love and relationships, like I, there was a time when I had such challenging family problems. I, I tried everything. I tried hating everyone. I tried, you know, I tried expressing every emotion I could to, you know, I cut everyone off. I didn't talk to everyone for a year. You know, what's going to work? What's going to, what's going to make me feel good? And eventually I, I surrendered to love. Fuck. The only <laughs> thing that is going to enable me to feel clean in my energy, clean in my lifestyle is to just love everyone. Now that doesn't mean don't have good boundaries. You know, mm. you have to still have boundaries and learn because that's part of loving yourself. Yeah. Is knowing what you need. Yeah. But when you love what you're doing, that's contagious. Other people want to get in it because they want to be a part of that energy. It's not even what you're doing, it's the energy behind it. So we have to like be fearless with our love. You know? Yeah. Like, when is the time that you've had a challenge with, with love? Oh, with, God. With fear. <laughs> oh, all the time. Um, <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. I think I express myself a lot, but boundaries is possibly something that I really struggle with. Mm-hmm. Um, when is the time I've struggled with fear and love? I've never struggled to express myself, but I've definitely made mistakes potentially being vulnerable with the wrong people. But what I've realized is that maybe I have a fear of uh, being with the with someone that's actually good for me and perhaps I replicate patterns over and over and over because it's what I know and I, maybe I'm too scared to step into relationships that serve myself better and serve the world better and serve like have a healthier dynamic maybe there's some kind of strange fear about going for what i really want and so i go for what i know which is Mm. dysfunctional yeah i in my in my own journey what was so amazing was that at a fairly early age i was i had a breakthrough i had this realization that I was having a feeling in my body and I could choose what to call it. And I knew that other people had the same exact feeling and they were calling it fear. And that, and I watched them call that same feeling fear and then choose not to engage with an opportunity. Yeah. And then I was like, no, I'm going to take that feeling and I'm gonna, I decide that that feeling means I have to. I have to do what is giving me the feeling. Right. And so that transformed things pretty quickly. And it actually, like most people who meet me would never believe that I've had any kind of social anxiety or anything. But I think everyone does at some level. Yeah. But I'm like, to my closest friends, they consider me like 
you know, the opener, the fear that, you know, like, like I can go in a room and meet everyone and talk to, you know, any girl, any guy, like no matter who they are. Well, it's cause like when, when I had that discomfort, that was my, like, that was, that was my ignition. Like, oh, there it is. That means I have to do this. This means I'm about to grow. Or mm. that feeling means something amazing is about to happen if mm. I only go through with it. Is it kind of like instead of seeing fear as fear, seeing fear as excitement potentially? I don't know. I, <laughs> uh, not just excitement because excitement is not charged enough. Mm. It, it's it's, it's a, the feeling that we might be calling fear right now is actually a feeling of growth. Mm. Yeah, perhaps people are scared to grow, fear of change, right? Yeah. Like if you had been sitting on that cliff and looked at those dolphins and ignored what mm-hmm. your inner guidance was telling you, perhaps you would, would be because you were scared to change. Yeah. Because you know, it's a big thing changing your life. Not everyone. Oh, yeah. I think Dropping, putting everything in storage and taking off with hardly any money, is, it was insane. Yeah. But, but, that, but, that, but I knew. <laughs> I'd listened, you know. We have to respect our own insight and our in- own intuition with people and knowing what's what's right for us, you know. In terms of like relationships and romance, like you're never there's never going to be a problem that results from you loving someone. The problems all come from your expectations of what you get in return. Mm. or or the attachments that you create or or the fantasies that if I do this that means that my life is going to be like this it's going to fix everything but, but like <laughs> the act of loving if it's unconditional it's only going to bring positive situations into your life yeah you know? that doesn't mean like go around having sex with everyone of course you know but like just like the energy of love and like meeting people with you know like that's huge and and like you know the more clear the more opportunities for clarity we start to have like, oh i don't want to lead them on could be a fear right mm. go if i love them if i express my love to them like through my actions through whatever vehicle is your expression of love then then what if they i'm not ready for something serious well it's like okay that's a fear why you know like, why am I creating a fantasy of what's going to happen when I engage, when I, when I show my true self? You know, mm. it's like, like, cut away all the stories. We're like, we're all such brilliant storytellers. People don't realize we're all so good at it. Oh, yeah. So good at storytelling. Oh, well, stuck in our own drama series. <laughs> right? <laughs> then, so, like, what if we stop focusing on the fears and start asking better questions? opportunities might come from me showing this person from me expressing this person how great they are you know how what what might change in their lives when they know that what might what opportunities might come when they develop that trust with me because they know i can see them you know like it's the quality of the questions Mm, yeah i mean you can only improve someone's life when you're yeah so any so it's, it's our job it's our like it's our nine to five is to be aware of, of the stories that we're telling and to tell better ones. Yeah. And that's, that's, 
that's lifestyle engineering. Oh yeah. That's letting go of the story that we tell ourselves that holds us back or that brings us down or the weight that we're carrying with us all the time. It's powerful stuff. And, and that's how, I mean, you, you had to tell some pretty fucking awesome stories to be sitting with me next to a beautiful pool, sipping on a vegan cappuccino, uh, 100 <laughs> meters from the beach in Bali. You know, like there must have been some pretty clear ideas in your head of, you know, what was possible in the world for you to allow yourself to be here now. Totally. And, and that deserves recognition and praise and like, like celebration, like to celebrate how great things are yeah (laughs) i feel like i celebrate especially when i'm here i feel like i celebrate my life every day but i think the thing that has brought me here is knowing that what what makes me any different to anyone else who can go and produce something that they want to create like there's nothing like sure everyone has different life circumstances but if i want to create something i'm no different to the next person who created no. a podcast or a blog or something. I can do it too. Why Why would I think that I can't? You know, and so that's what's pushed me. And you committed. You I committed. committed and in that process you found the passion. And and like, okay, like not, I'm going to commit. And then if you discovered you didn't like it, you would have stopped already. But now that you've discovered the passion, you found the commitment, there's no turning back. Totally. And it's conversations like this that make me go, yep, I'm on the right path for me. Yeah. Because I feel like engaging like this and being able to share it, this is not just a conversation between us two. This is a conversation between in, like an infinite amount of people we don't know. You know, yeah. like it's very early days, but who knows? And even if this reaches one person that takes something from it, I don't need to reach thousands or millions of people that's not my objective necessarily I mean it would be great but if it impacts one person's life in a positive way that's that's more than enough you know that's what I want and I I feel for me I get the greatest amount of fulfillment when I get messages from people being like thank you for sharing as much of yourself in terms of my own struggles or things with mental health or relationships or life um, that I put out because it influences other people and how they're dealing with their lifestyle and how to choose paths that work well for them. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the reward I find is when I realize that what I'm doing or my fearlessness and expressing myself actually helps someone else along the way. Totally. Yeah. And, and for everyone listening, I'm open to being in contact with everyone, you know, whatever kinds of challenges people are facing because all it, all it takes is a small little shift in perception to create huge amount of opportunities for yourself and it's we need each other you know like everyone wants to do it by themselves but the truth is we need each other yeah and like yeah one of the biggest struggles you know as an entrepreneur is to be in this position where you're in a sense you're the leader you're leading it so like sometimes i wake up and i'm just like i don't know what to do (laughs) I have no idea what's going to help. Like, like every day I want to be doing something that's going to contribute to the growth and success. And like, sometimes I'm just like, I don't know. Yeah. What, what do I like? I feel, and especially in Bali where like, you're not on a linear structure of time here. Things move in circles. Things move. It's like, you have to put a bunch of pots on the stove and be patient. Mm. Otherwise people burn out and go crazy. It does teach you patience. It's funny. 
that just reminded me of a time I worked in India for a little while and I remember being told by the people I was working with before I got there, they're like, this is going to teach you patience because you're going to go in there yeah. thinking that you're going to make stuff happen but you're going to have to learn how to sit around in the heat and be okay with things not happening. And it's exactly what I did for two months. Yeah. There's a lot of just not nothing, nothing working, yeah. internet not working, things not being able to come into a tiny village. You know, it's just you're on a lifestyle is just completely different to the West. Yeah. Um, here, not as intense as the middle of nowhere, but there's definitely, I can imagine, a change in the way that you work. And you don't um, have anyone on your back telling you what to do. Yeah, and you know, like here, the way I see it is like in the West, people value their businesses first, then their family, then their, you know, friends or you know community and then religion you know we have this structure of like all right first we take care of the business before then the family then then our religious or community or whatever and then in bali it's literally the opposite it's like first the community and religion then the family yeah and then the business so to come into culture with a complete flip of values is gonna shake things up that's amazing. Yeah. I feel like that's exactly how, I mean, you know, you can't tell people how life should be, but I feel like that's exactly a system of life that um, honors existence and the human experience first before yeah. how to make yourself comfortable through money. Oh, you know? totally. I mean, here they say, you know, this lifetime is, they, they have the, the idea, like this lifetime is a blink of an eye. It's spirit. You're going to always be with spirit. You always need to have a good relationship with spirit. That comes first. Yeah. You know, so it's like, you know, all this other stuff is meaningless. Connecting the spirit, you know. Number so that's, one. that's, I mean. That's why we're here. Shifted, yeah. I mean, to be around people that see that, we, we kind of learn even just by being in their presence. Mm. You know, they teach us things and we teach them things. And, and then there's this beautiful coming together of, of technologies and their the artistry and the, you know we we all come together to evolve and yeah. yeah I think that's one of probably one of the most humbling and important experiences of coming into a different culture is learning to sometimes leave your ideas at the door of what you think how you think things should be and embracing the fact that you have a lot to learn from the community around you and not mm. to go in with this uh, egotistical western perspective of like we know how to we know how to do business kind of thing and i think this you really i think when people come in with that mentality there's a lot that's lost in terms of oh how, totally how to work no you have to you know when when something upsets you take the moment to say oh thank you because it's a teacher everything's a teacher you know and sometimes like what upsets you is just upsetting you to show you what great taste you have <laughs> you know did they like or like the knowledge that you have. Like, yeah. Did they really just put sugar into my green juice? <sighs> like this was a vegetable juice. Like I wanted to be healthy and it's full of sugar. Yeah. <laughs> That's so upsetting. You know, it's like, oh wow. You know, thank you. Thank you for teaching me that maybe I have something to offer. You yeah. Know, or, or maybe whatever it is. Well, that you have to double communicate those things. I don't want sugar. <laughs> Yeah, no, really here you have to yeah. have to communicate. If, the Western places, they, 
they don't do that. But if you go into a Balinese place that's offering a, a juice, most likely they're going to have oh, sugar yeah. added to it. Yeah. yeah. So would you do you have anything in particular that you would offer, like any other last nuggets of advice that you would offer to people listening who are maybe a little bit scared of taking a leap in their life, whether it's moving to the other side of the world, to a tropical island, or just making some kind of shift uh, in the way they perceive their reality and how they want to change uh, for their own happiness. Imagine yourself in the future, 20 years from now, looking back at your life. What opportunity would you have wished you would have taken while you still had the energy to do it? Well, you still have the time to mess up. Make those moves. Take some risks. Do it with strategy. Seek out to mentors. Go to people who've done it before. You don't need to reinvent the wheel. Everything you want has probably been done at some level. But take a risk. Give it a shot. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for this chat. For sure. That was amazing. <laughs> cool. So there you have it. What did I tell you? He is an amazing speaker, um, beautiful storyteller and really kind soul. And that's something, I don't know, I noticed about him very early on that he was very playful um, and I really enjoyed the short interaction that we had initially. So I'm very glad that I followed that up uh, because the things that John has to say not only uh, resonates with you know, entrepreneurship and starting your own business, but just in general in life and in love and romance and all, you know, the pursuit of your dreams. Um, there's some real good nuggets of advice in there for anyone who wants to be inspired in their life. So I'm very grateful that I had the opportunity to create this. And like he was saying, I must have told some interesting stories in my life to end up in Changu interviewing him, um, which is very true. I've been bold on my pursuits for what I love and you know there's been challenges along the way but that's also natural and something I just accept as uh, part of the life that I choose to live okay well I'll let you go so thanks for listening of course head to slayingthedream.com to sign up for the mailing list um, also don't forget that you can get 20% off Damed Glitter at damedglitter.com. There's also biodegradable glitter as well as body scrubs and hair gels. So make sure you use the code word SLAY for your 20% off. All right. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, please feel free to share this with your friends and help keep it thriving so I can keep creating this kind of content. Okay. Lots of love. Bye.